everyone. Welcome to Life and Inside Job, the podcast where we centre our internal experiences as a source of comfort, wisdom and creativity. My name is Kate and in no particular order, I'm a writer, a speaker, an artist, facilitator and mentor and my gorgeous hug of a book Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, is now available worldwide. The other thing that I love to do is have soulful, meandering conversations with people about how their inner lives nourish them. And this is what life and inside job is all about. And you, my lovely, are invited to eavesdrop and listen in. And I would really love to hear what your take is and what what you think about what we say and how you apply it in your lives. So do pop over to Instagram and tell me all about that because I'd love to know. This conversation is with a very special person and a dear friend, Catherine Tugnate. And we talk about the process of transformation and what might be needed for change to happen within us. And we look through the lens of menopause and metamorphic technique. Catherine is a birth and parenting educator, a fertility and maternity therapist, and a metamorphic technique practitioner teacher who has been working within her community since the millennium. And that's how she describes herself. I would call her an absolute darling, a powerhouse, a powerhouse of change, of justice, of curiosity, of fun and deep wisdom, and most of all, a powerhouse of love. Uh, First of all, before we get into the fabulously juicy topic of transformation, I wanted to celebrate our friendship, really. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate. (laughs) We've Mm -hmm. known each other for some years now and we've also um moved to my words are a bit absent today so you'll have to forgive me because i'm a bit slow we've moved together through sort of walked alongside each other that's what i'm trying to say we've walked alongside each other professionally i i feel and leaned in to each other professionally which has been a wonderful part of our relationship and we go on adventures mm, I like adventures <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I I learned so much from you and we've also uh, walked alongside each other through our menopause process yeah, yeah, definitely. Been... I think that was a huge one really all those years of uh, you know perimenopause and menopause and fuck it club and popper group and you know people that kind of came through there as well it's just been you know working with uh, like well mother as well you know we've worked with lots of different lots of different aspects haven't we but the 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 menopause work was it's just been transformational for me as we're talking about transformation today Mm. there was a real I just see menopause as a real deep transformation, you know, it's that life, and that's what we're going to talk about today, that kind of 
life force kind of yearning for itself, you know, wanting to live and wanting to, to be and find the real, you know, your real self and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, you, just, that's, that sounds a great place to start. Can you can you say a bit about how you experienced your menopause as a transformation? Just phenomenal. It was just every day I was just like, what is this about? You know, obviously there was the physical side of it and there was, um, you, you know, looking at the periods, looking at the gaps between the periods. When am I going to bleed again? When am I due? There was so much uncertainty there around, you know, I've never really focused on my cycle before in my life. But once you get into this kind of menopause, but, you know, perimenopause, phase, you're focused so much on your cycle and when is it coming and what's happening and what's it like and is this the last one and so you've got and the physical changes you know I had the frozen shoulders and the joint pain and so you know if I kind of wrote it down it would look like a little bit of a horror story which is I think what we see a lot in the press isn't it but actually it was far from a horror story you know there were those physical things and there was confusion and brain fog and but it was just so you know, it, it was just such an amazing space. And I worked with yourself and I worked with Leora and the buff and I, you know, I did the kind of menopause massage and the, and it was just, it was actually just what I needed. And I just kind of, you know, kind of went with it, trusted the process, just worked week by week, you know, day by day and kind of worked through what is happening here. And actually it was just a phenomenal, it was almost like I was in a, you know a cocoon in this kind of space and then you know then there was just like this tsunami I kept describing it as a tsunami and you know there was like this big explosion out of the cocoon and it was dramatic and it was scary but it was amazing you know and you know just kind of a lot of anger you know and I directed my anger in a certain direction I had a big court case like Within our family, there was a big court case. I know you know all about this case. But I just directed all my anger at my brother who like exploited my mom and, and I was defending my mom. And, you know, it, it, all my kind of energy went, you know, all this kind of explosion of energy kind of went into that. Um, but it also, you know, we just, I basically, I was used to describe it as burning the house down. I just felt that I burnt the house down. Heartened by your story, and what you're saying because a lot of friendships and relationships break down through menopause mm. for exactly the reason that you're saying that we see so clearly part of the transformation is that we see clearly what's not serving us and that you know it can be even even as we let friends and family members go it can be really painful it is painful, you know, and it's a big decision, you know, and I let go, of, I was working with the NCT, I worked for the NCT for 20 years, I was Mrs. NCT, you know, I was chair of the branch, and I was the teacher, and I was, you know, I had so much NCT energy in my life, and then just suddenly, I was like, no, the NCT is not for me anymore, um, and I just let it go, and I don't know how I did that, and I had all this doubt, oh my god, I'm not going to get any work anymore, what's going to happen, who am I if I'm not an NCT teacher? Or, you know, who am I? And it's like, there's lots more to me than being an NCT teacher, you know? And, and that's kind of shown itself, you know, and I haven't been short of anything to do for a minute since I did, you know, 
So, you know, how did all that fit into my life? I don't know where I even fitted it in. Fundraising. <laughs> but I did. I was just, you know, my husband used to say to me, Kath, you, you fit three lifetimes into one, you know? You're just the ultimate multitasker. And, and I always said to you, Kate, I said, God, Kate, will there ever be a day where I don't have anything to do? And you were like, hmm, I'm a bit doubtful about that. <laughs> it happened. It happened. When I was about 53, there was a period, not just a day, but there was a period of kind of weeks and months. I'm 57 now, so this was like four, four years ago, where I just created that space. I just let everything go and almost started from scratch again, you know. And it was just like, gosh, today I don't, I don't have anything to do. What am I going to do? Shall I go for a walk? Shall I go for a swim? Shall I see a friend? I... And it was like, oh, I've got choice, you know? And it was scary. I didn't know what to do. I ended, sometimes ended up doing nothing because I was thinking, friend, swim, this, friend and a swim, you know? It's like, but I had space. And that, I would never have believed that that time would come where me would have a day, an empty day. It's like, how wondrous an empty day is, oh, full yeah. of potential or potential to do nothing. Yeah. Days I just you are in the business of transformation in your work yeah. with um, with fam with families, with well, the NCT with uh, families expecting a baby and early early years stuff and baby massage and. Uh, nutrition and all kinds of things as well as metamorphic technique and you do hands-on therapies you are in the business of transformation I think so and it's 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 my transformation as well you know I'm trying well we're all transforming everybody life is trying you know if you're alive then you're transformed the only condition for transformation is to be alive if you're alive you know mother nature is working on transforming you so it's all about, you know, it's an intrinsic part of life, really. It's about our kind of innate intelligence, you know. It's just kind of so within us. It's so deep within us that, you know, just being human means we've got that potential. Um, so yeah. And yet so many, so many people feel stuck. Yeah. And we feel stuck because we get in our own way. We just, we let those thoughts... You know, whether they're conscious thoughts, whether they're unconscious, we've got so much unconscious stuff in there as well. We've got so much, you know, kind of ancestral and cultural and individual, you know, it, it, all of that stuff is, you know, in here, you know, telling us, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, no, that's not for people like us. Oh, no, what if people laugh at me? You know, what, what if that's a failure? What if I try that project and it all fails? What am I going to do there? And I'll be... I'll be judged and I'll be shamed and you know we we carry so much of that shit inside us and that's what stands in the way of transformation it's our thought processes you know in deep inside us there's this you know our life force is it, it wants to live its best life it wants to to do what we want to do you know live our potential whatever our potential is you know our life is crying out for that um you know, a good example of that, a good analogy really is, uh, you know, what we use in metamorphic technique is like the, the acorn and the oak tree, you know, in that tiny little acorn, 
it's got all the potential to be an oak tree. Um, but not every acorn turns into an oak tree. It has to have the right timing and the right conditions, you know, and something in that acorn will make it fall from the tree and drop into the soil, you know, and then, you know, the metamorphic technique as a metamorphic practitioner, you know, I'm like the soil. So you drop on me. I'm just doing what I do. I'm the soil and I've got my moisture and my nutrients and, and you might fall on that soil but you might not, you know, I can help you crack open your shell, be in the soil, but it's not cracking open the shell. That makes me turn into an oak tree. Everything that has the potential to be an oak tree is inside that acorn. So inside that acorn, if it chooses to, if it, you know, it can release its, uh, you know, release its energy and release its roots and go into me as the soil, you know, go into the soil and become the great oak tree you know some acorns will fall along the path some will drop but they won't crack it doesn't mean it's going to happen but it's got the potential to every single acorn has got a potential to be another oak tree mm. you know it's just so can, you, can you tell us a bit more about um metamorphic technique and and some of the ways in which you mm. see transformation in people it's such a unique, I don't think there's anything else like it in the world. You know, I've been in it for, for 13 years now. I've been part of the association. I did some training. I was some, again, somehow something in me drew me, you know, I was a reflexologist and I kind of heard it, you know, I was doing some maternity uh, reflexology and there was a mention in the manual of metamorphic technique. But, and I didn't know much and I just kind of, mm, metamorphic technique it kind of laid the seed what's this um, and then I remember going for a massage up in town and I asked one of the the, the, the the woman who was massaging me you know do you do anything you know any other therapies she goes no I don't do any other therapies but I do metamorphic technique and I was like oh I'm hearing that word again here's metamorphic technique so it just kind of you know kind of crept into my life and then I decided to get involved in metamorphic technique somehow <laughs> I was like one day I just thought I want to look into it so I googled it um, and at the time Gaston Saint-Pierre this French guy who lived in South London he it's his work you know it's his amazing well he's just this really kind of insightful man and he'd he'd set up uh, the Metamorphic Association in like 1979 so it's been going for you know over 40 years and then he decided to set it up as like an educate we are an educational charity um, and I'm now a trustee of that charity as well. So I've kind of, you know, had a good journey with metamorphic. Um, so kind of, I came into it that way. Um, and even still now I'm learning all the time, you know, I'm thinking, thinking about the nature of it. And the best way we describe it in the, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of life itself really, you know, we're just dealing with life and its potential and this idea of getting out the way. So the biggest thing in metam metamorphic technique is detachment. So deta what detachment means is when I come to you, when you come for a session, whatever brings you for a session, you, you know, your life force decides you're going to come for a session and you come for a session and there's no consultation and there's no promises. There's no, we're going to fix this or we're going to fix that very different to change people make changes in their lives conscious changes um, but this is something different you know 
Um, and it's about something much, much kind of deeper in, in you know, the kind of transformational realm, really. Um, and so it's a very, very simple technique. Anyone, it's not a therapy. Anyone can do it. You know, if I showed it to you, you could then go away, do it on yourself. You could do it on your, you know, your family, you could do it on your friend, you can do it on your pets. You know, a lot of people do it on their pets as well. And it's just a very light touch technique. So it's on the, the spinal reflexes. So the spinal reflex, in reflexology, these are the spinal reflexes. Down the this, is, this is audio, Catherine. Um, You'll have to say what you're doing. All right. So you're touching kind of on the, the, the length of your thumb, on the outside of your thumb. And you're touching on the inside of your foot, all the spinal reflexes. And then you're also touching on the top of your head. So you go from the top of the head over the top. So it's just a very simple, easy to learn. Um, and, you know, once you learn it, you don't need to keep coming back to the practitioner. It's not like a reflexologist where you keep coming back for therapies. And, and actually the reflexologist is looking to, you know, to change you or to affect you or to do something. Whereas with metamorphic technique, I stay completely detached. I don't have any outcome. There's no outcomes in mind. There's no cause and effect. There's no promises. All I'm saying is we are in a relationship here where I'm going to touch these parts by touching these parts of your, you know, your feet, hands and head. Then that communication that we have with complete detachment, where I'm not looking for any outcome or anything, is um that's where transformation can take place you know it's uh it's it's just a very and it might not take place you know again there's no promises of transformation but it's creating a transformation friendly environment that's the key thing so we by getting together are creating this environment where your life force it's not i don't do anything all i do is touch those areas of your feet without any intention so therefore it's your life force that is then thinking oh this is what I've been waiting for this is what I've been waiting for this is a lovely friendly environment no one's trying to change me you know I'm, I'm fine as I am um, and I think the greatest analogy for it is the caterpillar and the butterfly um, so think about the caterpillar you know, you see the lovely juicy caterpillar wigging along, munching on the leaves, you know, lovely little perfect creature in itself, very happy going along in life. But within that caterpillar, as wonderful and as perfect as it is, um, there's a potential to be a butterfly. You know, how does that work? How does nature have this little butterfly going along, you know, just getting on with its life? And then all of a sudden, this little caterpillar feels a bit dizzy and it feels, oh, something's happening here. You know, something's occurring and whatever's occurring is on another level. It's not on the physical level. It's still going along munching its leaves, but it's feeling dizzy. It's feeling different. It's feeling that something's going to happen um, and it starts to disintegrate. You know, so it starts to disintegrate and it disintegrates and disintegrates slowly and then it just becomes this soup of cells. You know, it's in a cocoon then. When you think of a caterpillar and a butterfly, it goes into this cocoon. And in that cocoon, it's just a soup of cells. There's nothing left of the caterpillar. 
but there's also nothing missing either. Everything is in there. And in that void, in that cocoon and in that void, you know, that's where the act of creation is. This is where the butterfly is going to emerge from. So it's a pretty painful place, you know, living in the void. And, you know, a lot of people think about that in their lives. You know, a particular example is uh, like adolescence. You know, adolescents can sometimes really feel I'm not a child, I'm not an adult. You know, where am I? What am I? What's my life going to be like? What's happening to me? You know, I've got boobs growing. I've got hips growing. Am I a woman? But, you know, I'm still only 12 years old. It's like, it, it's such a, a disorientating time, really, and, a, and quite a painful place quite often. Um, but then, you know, the new energy that's created in the cocoon, all that new energy that's going to make the butterfly and is going to make the adult, you know, in the person, um, that's not in resonance with the caterpillar anymore. The resonance is not, it's not caterpillar energy anymore. It's come from the caterpillar and it is the caterpillar, but it, it's got, you know, the pattern is dying. And so, you know, when that pattern dies, then the butterfly can then kind of, you know, start to emerge. And the worst thing we can do when someone, you know, when, when certainly when the creature, if you saw a, a cocoon there with a butterfly in, the worst thing you can do is to go over and open the cocoon and help the butterfly out. That helping will kill the butterfly. The butterfly needs to, to emerge from that cocoon itself, emerge from that void. If you go in with help and advice and do this and do that, then that kind of potential for, for your own creativity and your own life force is interfered with then. So, you know, that butterfly will die because people are interfering. So that's why we as, as metamorphic practitioners really have to keep out the way, you know, just leave the cocoon there, trust, you know, trust nature, trust life, um, you know, and when we're in deep transformation, we do feel like we're dying. You know, I've got so many examples of people who say, I just, you know, and that was true of menopause as well. You just feel like, oh, my God, is this the end of it all? Am I just going to shrivel up and, and die here? You know, what's happening to me? I can't even, I haven't got the confidence to drive the car or make the dinner or, you know, what's happened to me? I'm a blubbering wreck here, you know. Um, but, you know, you're in that liminal space, you know, and in that space, that in-between space, you know, the old is present in the new, really. So, but there's something new emerging. And if you're given the, the respect and the time and the space and the non-interference, then, you know, you can emerge as, as that butterfly. Um, so, you know, a caterpillar doesn't really have any problems with transformation because it doesn't think, it doesn't think and it doesn't believe it's not good enough and it doesn't believe it can't be a butterfly and it doesn't believe, oh, let me be a moth instead or anything like that. So the caterpillar naturally transforms into a butterfly. But as humans, with our brains and our, you know, our heritage and everything, we, we don't believe it sometimes. So it's all about just letting it be, let life, it will naturally do what's good for you. If it's, if it's allowed, if your life force is given space and respect, it, it'll just do what you need to do. It'll be who you want to be. It doesn't need you to think about, you know, I want to be thinner or I want to be richer or I want to have more friends or, you know, that's, the, that's your thoughts. 
thinking that your life itself will naturally decide where you know where your life potential is and it will take you there if if you you know so by coming together with the metamorphic practitioner we're just sharing that space with you we're kind of just being there to touch these areas of your body which then like I say they just give an environment all we do is you know like soil the soil just creates an environment um you know and something deep inside you you think you know some people say to me you know why why have you come for metamorphic you know I'll say to people why did you come for metamorphic technique and they don't know but they come you know, and when we've had exhibitions around London, we've been, you know, we've had stands and exhibition. What makes people come to our stand? What makes people put their foot in on in our lap to be touched? We're not making them any promises. Why do they put their foot there? Something inside them says, "This is what I'm looking for." <laughs> you know, they just know it. It's there's so there's so much there's so much in what you're saying that I'm I want to know more about. And I, I'm so interested in this, in the detachment, mm. because it's very hard for us as humans to be detached, mm. isn't it? I mean, particularly with people we know, family members, mm. even at the basic level, we want people to be well, and usually in a particular way. <laughs> and that's what we've got to let go of, not judging and not, we, why are we deciding what's well for them? Why are we deciding what's right for them and what's right for their life, you know? Why are so, we... so given given that um, there's a lot, there are many, many modalities of therapy and body-mind stuff that work with intention, with mm -hmm. clarity of intention or with, with mm -hmm. protocols that move people in a particular direction because of the theory behind it, what is the difference between between that and coming coming to a coming to a client with a map and a direction and coming to a client with detachment what happens what, what's the difference between what happens it's trust isn't it it's trust that i'm not superior to you i don't know what's good for you you know you know your body your life force knows what's good for you i've got i can't even begin to you know, how can I say I'm going to change this or I'm going to manipulate this and then this is going to happen to you? You know, it's what we call it in metamorphic is objective consciousness. We're just, and it's objective love as well. We refer to it as objective love. You know, it's not the love where I'm kind of completely intertwined and giving you a hug. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a different kind of love where you're just letting that person be who they are. You know, it's... And you notice things and you'll have judgments. Not to say you won't have a judgment, you know, I'll be feeling and I might have a judgment about something, but I've just got to say, okay, I've got a judgment here. I'm having a little thought about this person I'm working on. And it's not, it's just, just to let it be. Just let it be, let it, let it come, let it go. Don't hook onto the judgment, you know? So as a practitioner, you're not this kind of person who, doesn't think or any you know you do think sometimes you think oh but it's really interesting that when your client comes to you you don't need to know anything about them they don't need to all they can say to you is their name hi i'm so and so i'll say okay come on take a seat i don't need to know anything about your life i don't need to know anything about your health i don't need to know anything about you 
because I don't need that information because I'm not, you know. The doing for me is in the non-doing. That's the interesting bit, really. And that's what metamorphic is. It's all about non-doing. It's the real key. And I think that's what makes it. I don't think there's any other modality around, you know, has no intention and is saying, I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just here. I'm just in community. You know, my fingers are in communication with your foot. And for potential transformation. Um, and people who have it, um, like I say, we don't make claims, but people report back to us. They just say, gosh, you know, and sometimes they don't even, and it's good that they don't link it to they've been coming for metamorphic, but they're just like, they just seem to have more confidence. You know, they don't take that bullshit anymore. Um, they, you know, they kind of decide that they change direction. They'll leave a relationship that's not serving them very well, you know or they will leave a job if they really don't like their job, but they've just been doing it because they need the money and they need the, you know, everyone's depending on them. Sometimes they just say, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. Something gives them that, it's that life force in them that says this job's not good for you. You know, it's not the mind that said it. It's the, it's the whole, the whole energy of the life force has said, you know, and people just said they feel a lot calmer about life. They don't have so much fear, you know. People come to me with stories where they're not, they're not so scared to do things anymore. They're just they make the decisions they need to make in their lives, which is, you know, super interesting. I think, and we can't say that's because you came for metamorphic technique. You know, we can't make that claim, but they came for metamorphic technique, and then they report to us. Gosh, you know, I can really when I look back on myself a year ago. I feel like they almost feel like they describe it as coming home to themselves. They say, I feel a bit more like me, but who is me? You know, they don't even know who me is, but they report, they say, I just feel a lot more like myself. And that's super fascinating for me. I'm like, really? But I can't go out making any claims about it. Yes, it's, um, it's, a, bit, it's a tough sell, isn't it? Come yeah, along, super come along. I, I won't know who you are or what you want, and yeah. you might be transformed or you might not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but people will hear something in what I say, maybe it might just be one little sentence I've said or one element, or and something inside them will say, I want to go. What made me decide to go for it? I don't know, I don't know, I can't even remember. What made me Google metamorphic technique to, to get involved? And like I say, the founder, Gaston uh, St. Pierre, sorry, I didn't finish that story earlier. He was teaching in South London, but it was on a it was up until 10 o'clock on a, a Friday night. And for me to be in South London on my own as a woman, you know, 13, 14, even now, but 13, 14 years ago, it didn't feel right. And yet I missed out on being with the founder of the technique, but that didn't matter really. I then left it. And two years later, one day, what made me sit and Google again? So it was literally two or three years later. I sat down one day, I'd come in from doing something, and I Googled metamorphic technique again. What made me do that? Where did that come from? And then I found a woman doing it, you know, up in North London, all the time suited me. Um, and off I went to her course and her classes, and that was it. Then I became 
a metamorphic person. And I was like, oh, where did that happen? You know, and there was all different people there. There was uh, musicians, there was actors, there was bankers. There was, uh, there was a woman came over from Ireland, actually, because two of her sons had been put in prison. So she was looking for, she was looking for something, you know, she was looking for something for herself and for her family. I don't know what she, you know, but she, she was drawn to metamorphic somehow. Um, so, you know, there was a whole kind of fantastic bunch of people in there. So, in, so, so interesting to, you know, to get to know them. Um, and the teacher herself, she was a Canadian rock singer. So, and as I like Brian Adams, he's my favourite singer. I was very attracted to her being a Canadian rock singer. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but she was the teacher. Do you know what I mean? So this is not something where you have to qualify or, you know, in order to, to do it for money with the general public, then you have to, you know, you have to have some experience and you have to do some more training and everything. But to do the technique, you just, you walk out of that session, you can do the technique. And do you practice on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do on myself. I'll, sometimes if I'm sitting on the, you know, I was doing it recently on the plane. I was on an aeroplane. It was a long flight. I thought I just lifted my foot up and started. I'll do a bit metamorphic on myself. So I was just kind of working on my feet reflexes or I'll sit. Some days I'll just sit and kind of work on the, the reflexes on my hand. Uh, it's quite weird within my own family because I do it on my own family as well. And again, what makes them, you know, sometimes I'm sitting on the sofa and my son, he doesn't say anything. He just comes up and puts his foot in my lap. And that's his life force saying, do some metamorphic, mum. He, do, he doesn't say it verbally. He just puts his foot in my lap. And he knows that if a foot goes in my lap, there's metamorphic going to happen. If I start tapping his foot and he leaves his foot there and then he'll swap to the other foot. And then sometimes he'll give me his hand, sometimes he won't, depends what mood he's in. And again, you just, you absolutely trust that, you know, what they're giving you. You know, my daughter says, you know, you can do my feet, but don't touch my hands. And fine, I won't then. That's what your life force is saying. It doesn't want your hands touched. I won't touch your hands. I'll just do your feet if that's what you've given me. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> And do you see what changes do you see in your son if you've if you've worked his face? Again, I see huge changes in transformation, but I can't say that's because of metamorphic. Again, <laughs> I can't I can't do the cause and effect, you know? Yeah. But you know, they just seem, you know, seem calmer. They quite often come when they're struggling. You know, they've obviously been through, you know, exams and university. And I quite often find that during an exam, and I don't offer it to them. I wait for them to come to me. So when they come to me, I often find, I just find it's kind of often during the exam season. So during exam season where they're maybe, you know, wrestling with their, their studies and their revision, and then, you know, I'll do it. And then revision doesn't seem a big deal anymore. They just kind of get on with it and do it. And, you know, they don't always get the result they want. <laughs> you know, at least they've, you know, they must be in a mush there with their revision, you know, and they must see that putting the foot in my lap. They must, you know, their life force must know. I don't know. I can't even explain it, you know. But that's what happens. It's like, how did that happen? Yeah, just, just cope with life a bit better sometimes, you know. And like I, I love this, this idea of, well... This idea of objective love, of objective consciousness. 
I was holding, and I think this is something that many of us will be familiar with, this idea of holding the person we're with in, in highest regard and unconditional mm -hmm. love. Unconditional love, yeah. And that's, you know. I've just given them space to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a gift. And especially in families. <laughs> it doesn't need words. You know, you don't need to be talking with them or reasoning with them or encouraging them or discouraging them or none of that's needed. It's just letting them be, just detaching, watching TV. You do it while you're watching TV. I'm watching TV. I can be talking about the programme on TV, but I'm doing the foot. I'm not talking about the person or, but I can be commenting, you know, commentating on the football and doing someone's foot. <laughs> it's, you don't need, you're not involved. You're not involved. So you don't need to be quiet. Mm. You just chat. You can chat about anything. Chat about the price of cheese. <laughs> the price of cheese. The price of cheese is up, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's up. Cost of living. It has transformed the price mm. of cheese. And you have a class coming up, don't you? If, if for people who are listening to this near the release date, can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful, wonderful space um, up in Rickmansworth near Chorleywood, there, Loudwater Farm, um, and it's a it's a really lovely place there. You know, kind of you're with nature, and they have lovely, uh, you know, lovely rooms where therapists come along, and they they run lots of different kind of yoga classes and. And all sorts of stuff there you know so it's 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 just a very when when you get there it just feels wow this feels like a great place you know and there's a stream there's water and there's you know there's greenery there's, there's gardens to walk around and everything so it feels like a wonderful place so i've hired a place i've hired a room there um it's on the 25th of june saturday the 25th of june um, and we get together uh, about 12.30, just after lunch. I'll provide some refreshments and things, you know, some fruit and biscuits and drinks and things. And then we're just there for a few hours together. And it's just going to be, you know, you can get more into metamorphic. If you do the metamorphic training, you get into more universal principles and it all gets a bit more complex. But this is just a simple explanation and an actual practice. We get right into the practice. We practice on each other. You know, I'm there to answer any questions you've got about it. We kind of just share the technique. We just do it with each other. You know, I've got kind of a little, uh, you know, a little bit of talk, talk about Gaston and, you know, the founder of it and his his work and his influence and his thinking how amazing he was. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just talking, just, just kind of talking about the technique really. And like we've talked here, it's, you know, it's very similar to what we've done here, but we're in a group. Uh, and we're chit-chatting we could talk about other things we won't don't necessarily need to just talk about the technique because we're doing the technique the most important thing we're doing on that day is we're doing the technique with each other and there's no great training required I'll just show you know I'll just show you the areas and show you how to do it and off we go and we have a lovely we have a lovely session together that's the the key thing trying to keep it nice and affordable obviously with this cost of living crisis we're all coming into so you know i've just put it at 57 pounds there hopefully that's affordable for people if, if people can't afford that but they still want to come then just let me know 
Now I can always create concessionary places as well. That's no, no problem at all. And actually with metamorphic technique, um, again, because of its nature, you're not paying for metamorphic. You never pay for metamorphic technique. You pay for the time of the practitioner. It's quite a, it's a subtle difference there, but you know, you, you, you're not paying. The, the technique is free. You know, anyone can do the technique. The technique is accessible, it's free. Like I said, we can all be doing it on each other. Um, but, you know, I need to pay for the hire of the hall and the refreshments and, and a little bit of my time as well. So, you know, that's what you're paying for, really. It's the time uh, and the hire of the place. So, yeah, that's it. It's, it's going to be a lovely day, you know, and see what it brings. I can't make you any promises what it's going to bring, but... Yeah, the another thing I love about it is this thing about um, the lack of the mystery and lack of mystery. You know, very often with esoteric healing practices, they get locked away in a monastery for five hundred years, and only very special people can do it. And this is kind of the antithesis of that. You know, yeah. and it's, it's so not healing. You know, it's not a heal. It's not a therapy. Mm. It's not a healing practice. It's not like Reiki. Mm. I'm not tuning into any energy. I'm manipulating that energy and directing the flow of that energy it's again it's the opposite of that you know it's 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 not a healing practice either it's a technique for potential transformation <laughs> yeah and it is hard to get your head around like yeah. you know even me as a practitioner you know you think oh how do i how do i describe this catherine before we close can you give me your best tip for a happy inside life a happy inside life. Tip for a happy inside life. Um, just love yourself, really. In all your imperfections, love yourself, however you are. You know, you can always think, oh, you know, like we do, you know, I'm too thin, I'm too fat, my bum's the wrong shape, oh, I haven't got enough friend, you know. And that's what bothers you. That's what makes you unhappy, you know. I believe relationships are the key to happiness. I, you know, money helps, and but relationships, your relationship with yourself, you know, that's the key one, the big one, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with, with other people, with your community. I love really connecting to my community, just, you know, you're connecting to your family, connecting to your ancestors, all those connections I love. I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of ancestral work. And, you know, I want to know what happened to my grandma and how she might have felt. And, you know, I love it all. Um, so, and that makes me happy for me. That's what makes me happy is having that ancestral connection, that individual connection to myself, my family, and the community connection. You know, I love being in my community of baking cakes for the neighbours and just having a chit chat and you know the old neighbour needs to get to a hospital appointment oh, let's just take her you know give her a lift all of that feeds my soul that I can just be you know a community person really. that's what that's what makes me happy um, but I also like some nice five-star hotels occasionally as well so <laughs> I wouldn't dismiss the you know the law of having kind of financial comfort and you know so but it, it's not essentially what makes you happy I think the, uh, those relationships I don't know if you agree Kate but those relationship that makes you happy mm -hmm.
Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for sharing all this fascinating possibilities of change. So delicious. Mm. But yeah, no promises, no direction, no cause and effect, no manipulation. Just let's be together and create that transformation friendly environment. The workshop that Catherine mentions is on the 25th of June at 12.30 till 4. If you'd like to go, I would highly recommend it. And you can find out more information by emailing Catherine on Catherine Tugney. That's Catherine, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, T-U-G-N-A-I-T at msn.com and that, that email address is in the notes and you may also enjoy finding out more about metamorphic technique uh, and that is at metamorphicassociation.org you can find that there my book second spring the self-care guide to menopause is available from your favorite bookshop and if you like the sound of using the seasons as a guide to life you can always book a free one-to-one consult on Zoom and we can have a conversation and see how that might work. You can find all that on my website. It would be wonderful if you felt able to share this podcast with a friend, either on social media or in real life. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. I'll be back in your ears very soon. Mm-hmm.